Hello and welcome to Warp Zone, a podcast on sci-fi, philosophy, religion, politics, gaming, and anything else taboo. I am Ben Banasic. Woo! Woo! Taboo! Woo. <laughs> I'm Tara Smith. Hello, everybody. Hi. It's, be, it's good to join you, Tara, here in the hottest room in the world. <laughs> it is very hot in here. And um, we've sort of been having a few audio, trying to get the sound a bit better, and hopefully it comes across better. Mm. We're going to have to see. It also is filming us, but you're not going to get that footage. So yeah. <laughs> you well, don't want to see that footage. Awful. I actually, I don't know where it's filming. It's probably filming the top of our heads because <laughs> we're, we're ducked down away from the camera. Um, but we're in Think Space at Sydney University. Yes. And I think we're going to start off with a bit of feedback from what you guys sort of brought us from last week. See, feedback is good. We yeah. like feedback. We do. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And for I think we had quite a few people listening, more than I expected. Yeah. I thought it would just be Tom and, like, my mum, but there was a few more people. <laughs> <laughs> and that's Tom, my partner, not the cat. That, oh, that's right. Yeah, Thomas and Mally. So yeah, he exactly. hasn't listened to it yet? No, not yet. Um, mm. I tried. He just fell asleep. So. Did you listen to it? No. <laughs> no, I didn't listen to it either. I already, re- I already lived it. I didn't need to do it a second time. Yeah, I know, so. but some people listen to it. Do you, okay, so feedback. Do you want to go first? Yeah, I will. So I had some feedback from my friends on Facebook. I don't have that many, but I have a couple. Um, friends so, <laughs> or, or feedback? <laughs> either. <laughs> so my friend Taylor uh, gave us some info about why Victoria Coffee is so bad. Uh, she said that they try and go for a consistent flavor rather than necessary quality. So that no matter how shit the barista is, the coffee's still going to be the same. So it's consistently shit. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So that was very informative. Um, <laughs> my friend Craig uh, sent me a little link about uh, some info about the about John Woolley, who the our first building we mentioned the first podcast was named after, who was a uh, he was a headmaster at Sydney University in 1852, and he sort of was uh, pretty cool because he sort of promoted a very uh, more of a secular study, which didn't have compulsory kind of religious elements to it. And he also promoted the arts. That was kind of cool. Uh, mm-hmm. Craig also said that he wanted us to talk a bit about L. Ron Hubbard, which definitely could be something we do later because it's an interest of mine as well. Yeah. And I think that's me. And then you have some people on Twitter, right, Ben? I have, uh, sort of, no. So, so um, yeah, I have feedback. <laughs> it's, there's too many caveats. Anyway, Discord, chat other things, mm-hmm. a proper first review. We actually have our first review Ooh. on Facebook, uh, which is from John Pansini. Uh, and he said, uh, excellent objective and subjective discussion of inconsequential and consequential topics. Well worth your listening hour. So thank you, John. I'm Yay, glad thanks, you John. enjoyed it. Uh, and he is from Game the System podcast. So he's one of the, the people and a friend of ours. Uh, and then uh, Peter Kingling. Uh, left some feedback. And Peter King, Aling, or King, um, he is a former employee of mine. And, and the joke is that he uh, travels a lot because he does travel a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and he talks about his travel a lot. And so he told everyone that it is a good podcast on my Facebook because he knows because he travels. So he manages to slip it in there all the time. Um, <laughs> oh, he travels, does he? Yeah, he does. Yeah, <laughs> oh, wow. yeah, yeah. He's well-traveled. Yeah, he He's is a well-traveled man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And he also said to me that um, he wants to bring me a shipment of cauliflower, which means oh, your he's also banned from the store. <laughs> so apologies for that. As a cauliflower. 
as a cauliflower. Yeah, I don't want any cauliflowers there. It's terrible. <laughs> it's awful. Um, but no, there's been lots of like little comments from people that we know as well. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Carol, our, our supervisor, um, you know, said she's proud of us, which is nice. That is nice. Thanks, Carol. Yeah. So there's lots of people that have actually said um, very nice, warm things. Um, Tom gave me feedback. Oh, yeah. He wanted to you, tell but, us about that. Yeah. The building where 89 was used to be Susie Spoons, which okay. was a vegetarian butcher, which was yeah. pretty cool. And they, they still sell their products, but they don't have a, a building for it. I think they, they just sell it at certain like IGAs and stuff like that. Mm. They do ve uh, vegetarian sausages and all that sort of stuff. There you go. Yeah, thanks, Tom. Yeah. So he left that feedback with Tara and then told Tara to tell me, and that feedback didn't come through. And then he made a complaint about Tara to me. So yeah. that's, uh, yeah. That's and that's... Good. Our Tom, first Tom my partner, not, Tom, Tom, not the partner. Tom the cat. <laughs> so that's our first complaint as well. So. <laughs> I um, also, uh, my uh, Alexander, my work colleague, said my voice sounds a lot deeper on the podcast than it does in real life. So that was a nice, nice uh, ego, ego booster. Is that good? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> but she said she liked it. So hang on, is that bad in real life or is that bad? I don't on the know. <laughs> <laughs> I've got all these different questions now about. Yeah. Oh, so maybe I need voice. to talk a lot higher so I sound more feminine and less masculine. No, don't, no, worry, don't about worry about it. Okay. Um, what have you been up to? Um, what have I been up to? I watched a scary film last night oh. called Hereditary. It oh. was scary because there's another one coming out called uh, Summer, Midsummer, which is like a cult mm. set in a festival, which sounds kind of cool. So I mm. wanted to watch Hereditary, uh, which is on Netflix, and it was really scary. <laughs> yeah. Really? Um, I get scared really easily, but I kind of like to be scared. So um, it was kind of cool. I liked the, there were lots of miniatures. So the main character is like the mom. She makes miniatures, so like miniature houses. And, and a lot of the yeah. shots, you don't know sometimes whether you're looking at a detailed miniature or the actual house. Oh, that's I thought cool. it was kind of cool. Yeah. Definitely worth watching if you like horror films. But then towards the end, it, it has like a twist. And to my credit, I muted it because it got too scared. So I watched the last 20 minutes on mute. Really? Yeah, with subtitles. Because oh, it's always the sounds that are so yeah, scary, yeah, right? Like, duh, 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 duh. Yeah, yeah. So I, I watched on that. And then there was a lot of scenes where there's like, uh, people like on the walls, like in the corners of the room, kind of like, have you seen what we do in the shadows? No. You haven't seen that? No. Oh, is, is uh, what's his name? Um, Waika Taiti. Oh, I'm gonna, I've totally ruined that. Anyway, yeah. he's the, he's New Zealand yep. director who does um, heaps of boy and um, oh, yeah, yeah. hunt for the wilder people, all those mm -hmm. Waika Taiti. I think so. I'm not good at movies. Is not my expertise <laughs> yeah, area. Anyway, my, yeah. he does this film called What We Do in the Shadows, mm -hmm. which is like a mock vampire movie. Mm -hmm. And like they're always like they're always like jumping to the walls and fighting, like hissing like cats. Anyway, this this movie had some scenes where people were on the walls, and I couldn't stop thinking about that. Uh, so it was kind of comical. Yeah. Plus, it was muted. So the last 15 minutes kind of lost me. Um, but I still recommend it. That's Other than that, I've been watching Stranger Things. No That's spoilers. Yes. Yep. So I think I've got three episodes to go. I've really enjoyed it. I like the like kind of pro. I don't think it's a spoil, like the pro-feminist kind of aspects of it. You think that's a spoiler? No. That's so vague. Yeah. All right, sorry for anyone if it's a spoiler. <laughs> I'm going to leave it at that. No, it's good. It's good. It, there is some good character development. I'm, I'm one episode behind you. So yeah. next week we should be caught up. Um, but we still won't give any spoilers for you slowpokes out there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it's it's almost unavoidable nowadays because it's it's so so much part of the collective consciousness, you know, a show like that being released. Yeah. Particularly all at once. It's a really interesting decision for Netflix to do to release them all at once, yeah. yeah. Normally they stagger it, right? I've also been yeah. watching Handmaid's Tale. I caught up last the new season of that and then what else have we been watching? 
that's about it. I went on a, well, I saw you on the weekend. Mm. Came over, saw mm. the cats. Yes, you visited yep. them. Saw Isaiah. Yeah. Played some games. It's yeah. good. What about you? It's good. It's pretty much all I've been doing. Uh, so aside from all that, um, yeah, I've been watching uh, Games Done Quick, the summer. Um, so it's a speed running. Oh yeah. Festival thing for charity. Mm -hmm. They managed to raise three million. Wait, speed runner? You don't mean actual running, do you? No games. You, yeah, no, you might game. need to explain yeah, to people yeah, yeah. what speed, a speed Okay, so speed running is um, getting through a game as fast as possible, and that includes using exploits and fastest versions. Yeah, if you so, see it, it looks like they're cheating. <laughs> yeah, they, they break through walls and stuff. They, like Zelda is a really famous example. Um, uh, one of the versions on the Game Boy Advance can be finished within like 90 seconds. Wow. So you just break through the first wall and then you glitch all the way through mm -hmm. and then final boss and then the credits start rolling. So it's a interesting thing to do. Um, so Games Done Quick is a, um, a group of people that get together and they meet a couple of times through the year and they do it for charity basis. So last year's Summer Games Done Quick did um, almost $2 million US for uh, Medicine Sans Frontiers. Oh, nice. Um, this year they did $3 million US. Wow, dollars. that's so it's huge. A huge thing. Yeah. Really, really good. It's a blip. Um, for charity basis, based uh, in comparison to government expenditure and such, but I think personal giving in that regard is actually really good mm -hmm. to see. Um, it's good to see something positive coming, you know, from a gaming community and owned by the gaming community. And mm -hmm. so, so, yeah, I've been watching um, some of the replays of that because that ended just a week ago. Mm -hmm. um, aside from that, um, on TV, I've been watching, yeah, Stranger Things. Mm -hmm. um, and I've been playing some games. So I've been playing Judgment, mm -hmm. which is uh, by the same studio that made uh, the Yakuza games. Mm -hmm. um, and you play a de detective. Um, but the funniest thing about it, and why this relates to, to this podcast, is that in the scenes where you're like hunting for things, so you sort of walk around in a closed space and you like zoom in on things and you can hear the guy go, hmm, oh, <laughs> interesting. You know, there's these yeah. sort of things. Um, there's a cat in mm -hmm. every scene. Like throughout the entire game, oh, really? there's always a cat hiding. Um, and he says funny things like, you know, when he's looking for a pigeon, oh, that's not a pigeon, that's a cat. Or, <laughs> oh, it's a cat hiding in a box there. And yeah, so, you, and you always hear like a little meows. And then, oh, yeah, that's yeah, cute. You for, so you've got to look for cats, which is nice. So it's basically a cat finding adventure. Like um, Neko Atsume or something. Yeah. That's the game Tom plays where yeah. there's lots of cats yeah, and you pick Nekos, the cats. Yeah. Have you ever played it? Yeah. You yeah, take the photos. Yeah. yeah, I used to have a, um, oh, Windows. 95 or 3.11, you could have like uh, different cursors on your computer. You know, you used to be able to change oh, yeah, your yeah. mouse pointer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so my favorite one was the Neko one where you'd like have like this cat chasing after your pointer all the time. Oh, that's so funny. And when it that was, was like, so annoying. How long yeah, did you keep it for like a day? <laughs> oh, it was ages. Really? Neko, Neko I loved. Yeah, yeah my, my so little funny. cat. And you could like change the color of it and stuff. That seems so early 2000s. Yeah, yeah, the internet and computers have changed since then. Um, <laughs> I've been playing a little bit of Tetris, practicing. Now, for... you're playing Tetris Effect, I should be playing yeah, you should the be other playing Tetris. Originally. I know. Tetris Effect is good, though, yeah. It is really fun, yeah. yeah. I'm a lot better at Tom, too, so that makes it oh, extra that's enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. Um, and last night, uh, after a long, long time, I, I got a delivery in the mail yesterday, which is my certificate from um, Twin Galaxies for my world record. Woo! Yeah. Um, they got the score wrong on it, but that's okay. Did they put it up or down? Down. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but they say that first place. So it's just a misprint on the certificate, which hopefully they can print another one, but their certificate program has been... Are you going to call them and be like, excuse me? Um. I sent an email. It was a really <laughs> nice message. Dear yeah. uh, Twin Galaxies. <laughs> yeah, my, my score is wrong, but that's okay. Um, I want to 
take my certificate up to Queensland actually and get um, people to sign it. Yeah, Walter Day. So he was oh, the guy yeah. that owned Twin Galaxies Arcade mm -hmm. originally. So hopefully he can sign it, um, and I want him actually to correct my score. Oh, so I'm going to ask cool. him to, to do, which is Mark Bell's idea actually. Oh, that's a good idea. So I think that's a great idea. Um, yeah, so that arrived in the mail, and then I was—I I thought that I haven't played columns for you know, a while. Mm -hmm. um, to get that score as background of anyone who doesn't know, I had to play a version of columns non-stop without any breaks, um, which is really fast speed actually, for seven hours. So it was no toilet, no. Yeah, I tuned in, and if you can, if you do want to go check out, it's pretty funny because yeah. one of the cat kittens, uh, is it Peanut, Peanut yeah. comes and sits on his lap and like meows and purrs Constantly. like the whole time. <laughs> yeah. so it's actually quite funny, and he keeps wanting yeah. pats, but Ben can't because he has to keep. Yeah, and I just like I'm <laughs> trying to cute. pat him, like using my control on the back of my hand to try and pat. Him <laughs> so he's hand. playing all these cons and he's meow, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he gets really excited. I'm like, get off! <laughs> um, so that was fun, uh, and that, that's been a while. So um, yeah, I played columns last night, and I decided I don't like certain versions of the game, which I knew before, but then it's reinforced that I dislike it. Um, yeah, that's what I've been playing and watching what have you been reading i'm still reading the book i was reading last week the um doc smith book and mm. i'm about halfway through that but i've started another book i was wondering that because this morning when we got a coffee yeah. you had another book and you you got and through I'm... a lot of that book which means you've you carry so do you read more than one book at once only if i don't love the first book <laughs> oh so you don't like the first yeah so i'm reading ray bradbury's something wicked this way comes which i think some Macbeth quote that the witches say yeah. and it's sort of like a young a young boy coming of age kind of book set with like a spooky um setup of a like a fate mm. and it's kind of good it's very flowery i ran it ran, read an excerpt to ben before and it's just like each line is kind of a metaphor or simile but i kind of like i really like fahrenheit 451 so i'm giving this one a go and then i also bought a book by Yev, I'm going to really butcher the pronunciation of this one, Yevgeny Zamyaitin, called mm. We. It's quite a classic sci-fi, so I've got that to read as well. But I'm reading that, and what else am I reading? The Bradbury book is really funny, like the very short sentences. Yeah. The gentle smiling ones own their good secret. Oh, the strange wonderful clocks women are. They nest in time. And that's three separate sentences. Yeah, that's well, it's very poetic. Unnecessary sentences. Yeah. Yeah. But I quite like it. Um, so yeah, that's sort of what I've been reading. Um, yeah, what about you? What have you been reading? Uh, I've been reading some Freud and some Jung. Yeah, nice. Going and back some to William the James. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's for um, the Newcastle course, which I'm lecturing mm -hmm. semester two. Um, and the elements I'm reading as part of that have to do with the psyche and the subconscious and then mixing that with what William James says is religious experience. So it's coinciding actually with my thesis, which is always good to teach something that's in relation to your actual thesis. So I do use Jung and William James, definitely, mm -hmm. in my, my PhD. Um, so yeah, I'm using that opportunity actually to, to read um, further with that. Um, but yeah, that's, it's really interesting um, how I've yeah, engaging with these three thinkers all at once. Because they do talk amongst each other, um, but if, yeah. I just, I just wanted to check with Ben that we're definitely recording. The, the button's red. Okay, good. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> that would be really awkward. Sorry, keep going. That would be awkward. <laughs> uh, I've also been reading a little bit on the Spanish Inquisition. 
um, for um, a little R, a bit of RA stuff that I'm doing, research assistant stuff. Sorry, I shouldn't use acronyms. Um, for Carol, mm -hmm. uh, and I keep thinking of the Monty Python skit, that's <laughs> Spanish Inquisition. I know it's broader than that, but that's what I just. Well, that could be thinking. a new lens of looking at, it, looking through the. Monty Python. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't know. She's, she's probably annoyed with me to just keep putting, like, yeah, no one mentions or no one no one expects the Spanish Inquisition in every single one of my um, <laughs> subject headings to emails to. Anyway, uh, yeah, I shouldn't joke about that stuff. Or maybe I should. I don't know. Um, and then aside from that, we've been reading Shtetl Days. Yay. So I sent the put the link up on our, because we've got a Facebook page now. So mm. I put the links of the story and also the game that we're going to talk about a bit later. So mm. we're going to try and find short stories that people can access for free so it's easier. So I mm. wrote down some notes about. I, I also have notes. Yeah, but I wrote some, down, some notes about the actual writer. Ah. So Shtetl Days is a short story written by Harry Turtledove. And Harry Turtledove is a guy who I met at the Nebula conference in a panel on Jewish science fiction and he uh, he, rec he recommended this story. Uh, so he was born in 1949, he lives in LA, he's Romanian Jewish, right. so he's, I think it's where his grandparents are from and um, this is funny, so he uses the pseudonym, I think it's Eric G. Iverson because the, his editor didn't believe anyone would believe his name's Harry Turtledove. <laughs> so some of his earlier works written with a, a pseudonym, but now he goes by Harry Turtledove. And yeah, do you want to start with what you thought about? Uh, yeah, well, some of the background stuff. So uh, I think we can spoil this because we need to actually spoil it to engage with it yeah. properly. Um, all right, well, initially I thought, do you want to give an overview of the story or do you want... Uh, yeah, so basically it starts off like pretty... Uh, like it looks like it's a period piece set in a shtetl around, I don't know what years you'd call that. It was sort of... It's like the pre, preemption to when the Holocaust was properly formalized with the final solution. So... But they were, I got the impression that they, because I think there's a, there's a scene where uh, like a SS soldier yeah. comes in and they say, oh, that it was historically inaccurate because that hadn't happened yet. So it was before any of that sort of stuff, right? Yeah, so it's yeah, prior yeah. to 1943. Yeah. Um, so it's 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 early days. Um, and it's set in, well, once, uh, so he's, he's mispronounced, uh, misspelt some of the words, I think, purposefully. Yeah. But, um, well, not, well, so it's it's a W, but it's um, Is Polish. Is the name of the village? Yeah, so What's it's Polish. So it's Vavolnis. How do you spell it? W? W-A-W. O L N I C E. Oh, yeah. I was saying Valvonis. <laughs> uh, so it's Valvonis. Valvonis is actually Valvonica, um, yeah. which is in eastern Poland. And that is two and a half hours away from where my grandfather was. Oh, really? That's kind of yeah. cool. So eastern Poland. Oh, yeah. So sorry, we'll go back to the, the description. So basically, it starts off and you think it's set in this period of mm. uh, looking at uh, Jewish life and, it, and it go, in a Polish settlement. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, Polish. Yeah. So they. The terminology they keep using in the the story there is Yiddish. Yeah, um, I know it's, it's, it's actually seeping in. There are some German yeah. words, but it's lots of of Yiddish. It opens yeah. with with two Yiddish words, and it's not actually um, explained at all. Yeah, like, I thought that was kind of cool because it's pretty it, rare yeah. to see words like that without a 
direct translation. It's like he just mm. assumed that everyone would know what they were, which I think was kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, it starts off, you think it's in a shuttle, and then sort of very, uh, in the next section, you realize that it's actually, um, what? Oh, I was just talking at the door. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So my partner's yeah. just doing lewd uh, things at the door. Yeah. So anyway. That's all right. So basically, yeah, then you realize it's actually set in the future in a kind of alternate history where uh, Nazi Germany has sort of uh, taken over the world, basically, right? Mm. They, they won the war, they're in charge, and they're doing a reenactment of what they imagine a Jewish shtetl would look like as yeah. a period piece. But you don't have to discover that until... Um, so the main, the main character is um, Jacob or Jakob. Yep. Um, so Jakob, he and his wife, after a day, um, they go back to their home and um, they open a cupboard and walk downstairs and then take off their clothes. Um, so that reveal, I think, is really interesting because it's, it's not explained right up until I printed it. Um, so we've got like uh, 33 pages. And I'm flicking through. Yeah, it's like page four or five. So, ah, no. So page seven of 33. Mm -hmm. So Bertha, which is the wife, and Jakob go through a door. And you think that that's, that's all it is. And then it becomes all realized that it's, it's futuristic. They're putting on a show. Yeah, and it's a theater door. So you think that they're just going, you get confused and then you realize that Basically, it's a big stage that's been set up to look exactly, really authentically mm -hmm. like a village, and that they're all actors. Yeah. And there's Polish actors, and there's actors portraying, so they're German, uh, like Reich individuals, right? Yeah. Yeah. So there's the German police, but the SS are not present in the village. So yeah. it's trying to represent what it was actually like. Um, you know, in the very early days, and this is yep. when the brown shirts would have still been around for, for the German Reich, yep. and you have policing done by the Polish authority, yep. and um, the Jewish settlement is, is left to itself. So um, Jacob, or Jacob is, um, engages with some discourse with a rabbi, mm -hmm. so there is an actor of a rabbi, yep. um, and the acting is to the point where Jacob is expected to actually debate elements of um, Torah mm -hmm. and actually study the Torah. It's revealed later in the story that there are no Jews left around the world. That yep. They've just been completely wiped out. Yep. And uh, there's also the impression that they're kind of like, so they, they're acting out of, uh, because it was like a well-paid job, they get paid really well, there's not many other great acting roles so that people are drawn to it for these sort of altruistic reasons. So they get paid and it's, it's a village where tourists come in and they, you're meant to keep acting, which I thought was kind of funny, like you're yeah. meant to keep acting even while people were watching you, Japanese tourists or whatever, or no, maybe not Japanese, but whatever, tourists taking photos of you while you're acting, but you're meant to just ignore them and continue on. And it's yeah. so realistic that they even have Oh, they call it pog pogroms, Pogrom, yeah. where they they take in um, sort of prisoners and they prisoners of whatever, and they actually kill them and they beat them to death, which is really it was really quite a horrible. Yeah, scene. yeah. So it it is it is quite amazing, and they they refer to things as if the war has been different as well. So they call it the War of Retribution. Yeah, and it's. 
the signage of advertising the theme park um, to, to motorists that, you know, as Jacob and his yeah. wife are driving away, um, it's advertising that, um, you know, the Jews are going to get what's coming to them um, yeah. and this, this whole element. Yeah, it's almost like fetishizing it. And I think mm. even the sign had like really over-characterized features of like, like really racist features of like a Jewish person. And, and I think that it was like the idea being like, look at what we could have, like if we'd left it, look how bad it could have yep. got if, if Jewish people had continued living because they're like so, so bad. And, mm. and, and they're, so the, but the actual... Uh, shtetl they've created is so realistic that when the pogrom happens and they're repairing it they're actually repairing it with old glass to make the shop look particularly old which was kind yeah. of interesting so they're actually trying to create a very accurate representation which i thought was really interesting and i read through the comments on the actual site and someone had said like oh i didn't think this was very believable because they didn't believe that if you know um, nazis had would recreate such an accurate depiction of Jewish life and yeah. then other people said that well actually the records that they kept on Jewish people were just so uh, detailed that, that mm. they probably could have created something so realistic I don't know yeah yeah um, what happens so that's that's a good background so what is interesting as part of this though you have Jacob during the encampment um, so as the actor and then Jacob outside, mm. and he's starting to use elements of the Yiddish language and some of the prayers. So um, where he refers to different um, elements, so there's really common Jewish prayers actually just throughout um, this story. So i got a question. So Turtle Dove, he is Jewish? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So that that's... Yeah, it's clear um, that that's what he's actually um, engaged with. They make a choice. Um, so him and his wife actually say prayers over um, meals and then choose not to eat during certain days as well. Mm -hmm. And they're becoming Jewish. Yeah, um, definitely. And I think that's the whole point, right? Yeah. It's that... that that they're feeling more uh, relatability and more sense of connection and community through their acting group and their because it's like pretty like full on. I think they do it every day and mm. they have barely have weekends. And so as they're kind of acting out this old Jewish life, they start to take it back home with them. But they mm. have to be careful because there's a, there's like complete surveillance. Basically, they they describe a scene where they're at home and they're I think they're fasting I'm not sure what yeah. holiday it is but they're turning the ovens on and off and and opening up the shelves as if they were cooking so that yeah. if anyone was listening it would look like they're still eating because they don't want anybody to know that they're actually um, fasting or celebrating these sort of Jewish holidays which mm. I thought was quite an interesting scene and, and it's sort of this idea of how uh, that kind of those themes and that that Jewish sense of community has sort of, I guess, infected them unintentionally into their everyday, even though they're, well, they're Nazi, German, Aryan, white, or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. not what you'd expect sort of thing. So. Yeah, yeah. And they're questioned by an SS officer actually inside um, the acting camp. And yeah. um, Jacob is, is shaken from this because, you know, you don't usually have the SS there, but he's trained to always act in that element and always respond first with Yiddish and you know he's he's got these instructions so he engages with the SS officer and the SS officer gets angered by you know why are you talking like this you know get rid yep. of that and then he starts talking in the German um, it's funny how he says next year in Jerusalem at a, at a part as well um, mm 
So it's a, you know, a prayer which is given um, uh, at the end of the Sabbath services that yep. you say next year in Jerusalem. Alevi Omayen as well. Um, so there is different prayers which are, are offered and, and engagements which are actually said all the time. It's almost like um, there's this manifestation of the faith uh, Turtle Dove is trying to paint that if, if Judaism did disappear, that the faith would actually re-manifest itself, which is a really interesting concept. Definitely. And also a way of like um, revolution and using it as a way to kind of wake everybody up. And I think yeah. that's the ending that you get is that they're trying to spread almost secret Judaism through uh, the acting and, and through meeting people mm. and sort of spread it out, even though it might be futile. Mm. Like, I got mm. that impression of resilience because they have this big picnic out in the park and it's like a really like joyous event. And I think like a German uh, drives past in the car and says, why have you all got beards? Because they all grow their yeah. beards really long. And he says, oh, we're the Beard Appreciation Society. Because, <laughs> you know, and then they keep, right? But they, in yeah. in that sort of place, there's, you can tell that they've just got a lot of joy with it. And I thought it was a really nice yeah. story. Yeah, I think it's really good. It's almost a hopeful, uh, there's a lot of hope painted through this story. Even yeah. though it's a dystopian uh, world and dystopian uh, engagement, it's an imagining a world which um, uh, the, the, the Hitler won. And yeah. He's referred to as the first Fuhrer, so yeah. it's, it's a continuation of, of the Reich. Um, and the Greater German Reich would have won, and then you know Judaism is wiped off the map. Uh, what then would have taken place? And even though it is in some sort of encampments and acting um, facade, there is a, a continuation of, of the element of the faith. Um, but yeah, it's, it was fascinating. I, I very much enjoyed it. I yeah, and the other thing was that I think towards the end, uh, Jacob watches a couple of films and it, and it kind of wakes him up to sort of embracing more of his sort of the sort of like the Jewish faith and in one of the movies he watches Frankenstein and there's this sort of metaphor towards the end that it's like a mismatch of creations they've pulled all this stuff mm. together and it's having a life on its own and that was the sort of final metaphor is that the Jewish faith had become like this kind of monster that was breathing and living and no one could do anything to stop it it was like it's going to come through and yeah. I thought that was really cool yeah 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 it's um it's funny as a, a a different. I haven't read this type of post-Holocaust literature before. Yeah. Um, like I've I've read lots of, of Holocaust literature, um, being interested in it. Um, you know, and and it's in in a different world. A long time ago, this would probably be questioned um, uh, as to why it's being written in this way and whether it's serious or not. Yeah. Um, and I'm thinking back to. You think it would be problem problematic? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I don't think it is problematic, and I think it does stretch the imagination, which is a good thing. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, Mouse by Arch Spiegelman, um, which is a graphic novel, mm -hmm. and the, the Jews are portrayed as mice and the, the Nazis as cats, mm -hmm. that was questioned. Yeah. Um, and then you have Elie Wiesel's Night. Um, it was questioned as well, even though it's, it's classic and he won Nobel Peace Prize. Um, yeah. You know, so Elie Wiesel is a, is a wonderful writer in that regard. Um, but lots of people thought that this was these were pushing the boundaries, and I think this also pushes the boundaries. Yeah, you could be misunderstood. People would be like, "Oh, are you trying to say that mm. maybe we should be in like what the Nazis or promoting some sort of Nazi?" Yeah, yeah, or accepting that. And I don't think it it, it is. I think it's it is useful and it's purposeful. Um, and it, it's thought-provoking, uh, yeah. which the story should be. 
Definitely. Yeah. I think that's what alternate histories are so good at. It's painting a different way things could have gone and mm. for us to realise, like, not just a warning, but, yeah, as a, as a di way of dif different way of looking at things as well. Yeah. So we def I definitely recommend it. Let's give it, should we give it well, out of 10? Out of 10 what? Out like, of 10... Um, what's the Jewish coin? Jewish uh, she she shekel? <laughs> shekels. Yeah, 10 out of 10. 10, ten out of 10 shekels. What so, do you, okay, you so, start? Uh, well, okay, so to critique it, um, I felt like the, the, the latter part of the story, not, so after the reveal happens, that's good. After the SS officer comes and questions, that's, that's really good and it, it yeah. uh, has a lot of force. I think that the last few pages, actually, it really didn't have an end. Well, I don't know short stories aren't meant to have a definitive end, yeah. but there didn't seem much purpose to that, that final part of it, yeah. which is why the basis of, uh, you know, I'd, I'd be questioning. There's also, I don't know, there's, there's a couple of, of remarks there which, uh, you know, someone who's, who's studied Nietzsche, um, yeah, there's there's some questionable stuff that actually is just used, um, it, but it's okay. It, it, it is it is what it is. Um, so I think maybe seven out of ten. Seven out of ten. Yep. I don't know. I I liked it. I thought it was sweet. I thought it was a sweet story. Like mm -hmm. I liked I liked the positive elements. I, I'm kind of into sort of you know the good coming out of the bad, and I think I think that's a really nice sort of image. So I'm going to give it eight out of ten. Eight shekels. <laughs> Okay. I liked all the Yiddish, like how refreshing to read yeah, a Yiddish short story, yeah. you know, and this is freely available, anyone can read it and just mm. have phrases with no explanation in Yiddish, like why why the hell not, like I yeah. thought that was really cool. So, so the first, or to give you, maybe we should give you an example, so the, this is the first line, Jacob Shafir opened the door and walked outside to go to work, before he could shut it again his wife called after him, Aleve, it should be a good day, we really need the guilt, <laughs> and that's no explanation that Aleve actually means wish, Gelt means, you know, money. Yeah. Um, yeah, just no explanation at all. And that's, that, it is really, really nice, actually, to see that. Um, see, you know, it's very important um, there. But yeah. yeah. So definitely, guys, check it out if you want to. We mm. recommend it. Um, and I think we're going to talk next about a uh, game. Are we? What game? We're going to be talking about Papers, Please. Papers, Please, And yes. here's the intro music. Yes. So, papers please. Yeah, this was a pretty cool game and I think you should do an intro before we start chatting about it. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so it's designed by Lucas Pope uh, in 2013. Uh, it's won a lot of awards. So uh, lots of best game of the years in 2013. Um, some prizes in 2014 as well. Um, it's He's got an interesting um, sort of backstory, Lucas Pope. Uh, so he worked on a number of games uh, in the past um, and it was uh, chiefly employed by Naughty Dog Games which did the Uncharted um, games and he took a lot of his uh, inspiration from Argo and the Bourne trilogy yeah. or Quintuply or 
How many born? I don't know, there's a lot of them, aren't there? There's a lot. Yeah, yeah, there's a real lot of born. Um, anyway, so yeah, so there's lots of inspirations that way. Um, he also did a um, follow-on, which is not a sequel, but a, um, a follow-on game, which is Return of the Obra uh, Dinn in mm-hmm. 2018. Um, that's actually a really interesting game as well for different reasons. Uh, you can change, so it's a monochromatic game, which means it's only in a singular color basis, mm-hmm. and you can then select what monochromatic monitor from the late 80s you want to actually uh, choose. So you can have it like Mac-based or, uh, you know, oh, IBM-based, cool. and it's like green or, you know, blue. So it's pretty cool. Um, as much as everyone loved the game, um, you know, overall, for Papers, Please, there is uh, some critici- criticism, and it came from Australia, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, so ABC's... <laughs> I wonder uh, why. Yeah. <laughs> we have such nice borders for people to enter. Me too. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I don't think that's the reason. Um, uh, so Be- um, Hex, or Steph Bendixson, um, mm-hmm. from Good Game, she found it very repetitive, uh, which I can understand. Um, however, that was not the general consensus. Isn't that the point? Yeah, yeah, that is the point. Yeah, so that's that's what it is. So maybe just give a, a, like a brief um, background of it. Um, so you are a guard, and uh, the game starts off saying, "Congratulations, you know you've you've been chosen." And you've won the lottery. You won the lottery <laughs> to, to work to zone eight or something. Like yeah, that, right? yeah, and then you have to actually take care of a a, um, a crossing, and that crossing. Um, is uh, for the state of Astoshka. Astoshka. <laughs> so glory to Astoshka. Yes. yes. Uh, and you're there at this border crossing, and basically you're allowing people to come through. Uh, you need to check certain elements of the, the passports, and then after there's passports, then there's entry tickets, and then there's work permit cards. Mm-hmm. And, and you have to do checks, body checks, search, body yes. searches, and that sort of stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you also have to check, which I did not know <laughs> until the weekend, because I don't read manuals or things, or yeah, I'm, I don't really pay attention to a lot of games, which is weird for someone who likes, um, you know, Japanese role-playing games, which generally need a lot of text. Um, yeah, I, I didn't read this, the background of this, but yeah, you need to check the city. That yeah, the, the issuing city uh, yeah. in the rule book. So yeah, basically the benchmark keeps changing. So each uh, level basically it gets harder, and and that's mm. what I first noticed about this game is, is it was really hard. Like, like so I think the first time I played it, I only got to like level four before all my family died. So mm. pretty much it just or day day four day four. Mean? Sorry, yeah. 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 So you get certain days, and it get yeah, all the requirements. You need a lot to remember. Mm. You're running out of time, you're running out of money, your family's getting sick, so there's a lot of pressure. And I felt myself getting really stressed by it. So then when I played it a second time, I put the, there's a, a handicap you can put on where they mm. give you an extra $20 or 20 whatever, I don't know what the currency is. Does it say? It's a dollar symbol, so it'd be... Yeah, yeah I don't know. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, an extra money so that I didn't die so quickly, and then I got, I think, to like level 13 or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a mm. cool game, I like it. It is very cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> your partner, Tom, is very good at it. 
Yeah, because he's a bit of a, um, <laughs> I don't know how to say it. But what is he? He's, he can be pretty, he doesn't have much empathy. So he found it really easy because I asked him, I was like, because there's like situations where people come through and they have all these sorts of like things going on and you have the ability to let them in, but then be fine yourself. So, you know, people come in and say that they're visiting like their sick relative or mm. they'll say, they'll get through and they say, can you also look out for my husband or my wife who's coming later? Yeah, and that's and the you first know, example. Yeah, yeah, and you know that you should should or you could let them in but often their passport's not quite right and so you have to make the ethical decision do you say no or do you say yes and then to cop the fine yourself and yeah. it, it's really difficult I asked him did you ever do like any like did you crumble or anything no <laughs> not once so uh, it's funny how there is this pressure to constantly act in it as well so there's the, the clock that's down yeah. the bottom left hand corner um, so you can be thorough and, you know, look at the photo and then look at all of these elements and then you might miss the issuing date or something Or the like gender, that, that would or, get me all the time. Uh, gender, yeah, yeah, so there's that. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, so there's all of these other elements to it and you're constantly under this pressure yeah. to act in this position and, and um, actually uh, fulfil the role. Which, yeah. which you are, are taking. Yeah, because you get money for everyone that you process, but I think after 5 o'clock or after 6 o'clock, you don't get any money after that. So that's that, right. there's yeah. just, I felt like a lot of anxiety to get people through quickly, and that's when you make mistakes. So I think you get two yeah. mistakes, and then the third warning on that day, you then cop uh, the fine. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Uh, and then as the fines happen, you don't have enough money for food or for heating or for yeah. rent. And then bad things happen. Yeah. So that's well, that's where the other is. ethical dilemma comes in. So there's the first one where you decide whether you're going to let people through, but then there's how you allocate your funds towards your family. So you have a mother-in-law, a son, a wife. And a child. child. A son? Oh, oh, yeah, a son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then is, the, is there someone else? Anyway, you have a, some extended family and you get to toggle where you're going to pay an extra $10 for heating or for medicine if they get sick and you have to make those allocation of those funds. And it's yep. so I guess it, the aim is to try and see, like, do you sacrifice your mother-in-law for your son and all mm. these sorts of things, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's hard. And there's a lot of different endings. So I went through and uh, tried to play it as much as I could yeah. um, and I'm not very good at the game, which I think that means that's a good, good thing. thing. Yeah. That's, I was trying to be ethical uh, in that Was regard. that why you just kept stuffing up the rule book? <laughs> I also stuffed up the rule book significantly. Yeah, it was that as well. But I tried to... Uh, it's a funny thing with Skyrim, okay? So I don't... We, we've both played this. We haven't spoken about what type of characters we like to fulfill. So generally, I will play um, the person who does the right thing in games um, based on some sort of morality choices. So You mean more on, like, the game's rules or more like uh, like kind of being a good person kind of morality? No, trying to be a good person, yeah. yeah. So I won't steal, generally. I won't... I'm not very good at sneaking around. Even really? Even on, like, that. Assassin's Creed? No, that's why I don't... Yeah, you don't like uh, it? <laughs> no, no, Assassin's Creed is not a great thing. This is why judgment is actually quite hard for me because I'm... Yeah. I have to sneak around, but he's morally doing the right thing. He's yeah. trying to find out who has actually murdered these people. Yeah. Um, and so he, that that level of sneaking then I'm, I'm okay with. But mm-hmm. then the other aspects of uh, Assassin's Creed I'm not very good at. I, I just barrel in there and I'm like, okay, come at me, bro. You know, this is yeah. the um, the type of, of morality. Really, Tom just loves sneaking. Like He'll just like yeah. wait and like assassinate people. He gets re- I get really frustrated because he'll try and kill civilians all the time like, oh, rather yeah, than progressing. Or that. like dogs. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and chickens <laughs> and goats. Like, yeah. No, I don't do that. So I, 
I, I I have done the kick chicken thing on Fable and on um, Legend of Zelda just yeah. to get like experience points and stuff and doing certain things. I think I play by the rules of the game. I'm always trying to do what I think the game wants me to do. I find it really hard to think anything outside of that. So whether if I so I think in Assassin's Creed the new one mm. what's it called. Um, Odyssey. Odyssey, Odyssey yeah. yeah. There's that dilemma early on where you've, with the plague mm. victims or something, you could decide, do you kill them all and stop the plague spreading or do you let yeah. them live? See, now, I never even got to this point. Oh, okay. So this is, is this is interesting. Yeah, so you... All right, I thought the right thing to do and that the game was kind of implying was to kill them, but then later I think they come back to me and they're like, or someone, and it's like, you shouldn't, yeah. why don't you let these people live? And I'm like, oh, I thought that's what I will. But I don't make any decisions for what I think outside of the realm of the game, if that makes sense. Mm. But you, you're given this blank slate with these games as to whether to I find it hard to believe. I always think that there's a motive hidden somewhere. I don't well, know. This is, yeah, and, and this is the element of this. This game has 20 different endings and they're on a completely different scale. So... Um, I would class them as acting nobly mm-hmm. um, as towards the, the latter end um, or the multiple choices as acting immorally. But the interesting thing is here um, in this game there is another faction, which I don't know. Did you get up to? I, all I know is the kind of weird cult that sends you like coded messages with the symbols. Yeah, Ezek. Yeah, and then you decide to let them in later, but I didn't get super far with it. Okay, so Ezek is a um, autonomous collective that is seeking to set up new Astoska. <laughs> yeah. So new Astoska is the promise of a, a great and more equal living land. Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Is this, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's what actually takes place in the game mm-hmm. later on with some of the endings. Yeah, I, I, I said I'd let them through and then forgot who it was and then they came, they didn't get through. Okay. I tried. But... Uh, did you think that that's what the game was after, what you were doing, or why, why did you let them through then? I don't know. I thought that... I thought it's like the risk and reward thing, right? I thought that if I got a, a couple of people through and I didn't have any fines yet, I could cop the extra 5 or $10 fine. I was kind of like weighing up the oh, pros okay. and cons. But I liked the idea of seeing what happened, but I never co- quite got that far. Yeah. yeah. So the, all of this is basically yes no scenarios yeah. you know it's it's either this is going to happen or this is not going to happen um, yeah. and you know these these branched off choices so it is a very simplistic game in that regard yeah. um, but there is ways to game it so that it ends in that certain way yeah were there any ch- times where you definitely purposely let someone in and you knew you'd cop the fight yeah like yeah. what example day one when the guy said you know I'll oh, please be kind to my wife I you let like, her in yeah I was like yeah okay I'll let her in and then my family died. So I got... Uh, no, sorry. My first ending was um, ending number one, which is delinquency. When you run out of money... Oh, right. You lost the rent because you couldn't pay your rent. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So then the state does not um, allow delinquency. So then you are... Kicked out. Kicked out. You, yep. You're sent to jail until you can pay off the debt. Yep. Uh, and then that's, that's what happens. Um, what are some of the other endings? Death of the family. Yeah, I had that. Yeah, I had that too. Um, and then... If you let too many um, people through that are not um, good, uh, or as, as the state sees it, uh, there's association with sus- suspicious groups. Mm-hmm. Um, there's too many bribes. Oh, yeah. So, I started to get bribes. On the second round when I was playing with the handicap, I started to get some bribes. Yeah, so now with that bribes, if you have too many and then you have too much income, 
the state actually looks at your money and then assesses all of your previous decisions. Yeah, and, and you have the choice to burn burn it as well when you get it. So you might give him like a thousand dollars by a mysterious person. I mean, you have the choice to burn it straight away or risk being discovered later. Ah, that's cool. Yeah, I didn't get that far. Uh, <laughs> there's uh, murder of an innocent or attacking of an innocent. So if you you, you have to um, you have to uh, like strip search people later on and then you have to yeah, like there's like a nudity them. you can toggle it on and off to yeah. settings like <laughs> it's too much like the pixelated nude Pixel- people because <laughs> yeah. um, that's when you're doing the body search and they can have concealed weapons yeah and you can detain them and you also there's a guy there's another officer that, that asks you that almost gives you a bribe if you detain a certain amount of people mm. he'll give you money as well yeah so that that element is that can lead to people getting injured or murdered yeah and then uh, this is the interesting one. So if you murder an innocent person, you get the death penalty. If you attack an innocent person, you will go to forced labour. So it's seen as not as bad oh, okay. attacking as it is to murder. That which makes sense. Makes sense, yeah? Okay. If you murder an official, it's death penalty. If you attack an official, it is also death penalty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this is, I think, where um, authoritarian states come into play. Mm-hmm. Um and this element of, um, you know, the constant state drive to make you do things that you're not wanting to do. Um, yeah. And I guess that's the whole point, right? It's sort of like saying that people in difficult situations, it's because you tr- try and do the right thing, but the, the job makes you make sort of decisions that you think are unethical because you're also thinking about your family at home, right? And mm. so it's sort of like, to me, the moral sort of saying that, like, good people can do really shitty things if they're pressured enough, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. To a degree. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, and it, there's a lot of grey there as well. Yeah. So, you know, whether it is a shitty thing or whether you are a good person is two extremes. It's a, like, you know, this grey area that's in between as you're making these yes-no decisions and exactly. going along the path. Um, so, continuing with, with the, the other endings, um, you murder an innocent, you are given the death penalty, but then a note is given to you, saying that the target has been eliminated. So that's a good thing. Oh, so you've, like, assassinated mm, mm. Yeah. And then your family is taken to Obristan, which is uh, another territory, and it turns out that that's what Ezek is, is working for. Mm-hmm. Um, there's violation of direct orders, so you're going to force labour, destruction of the border wall, you're arrested. The order of Ezek star. So that now, um, ending 14 through to 20, all has elements of where Ezek ends up mm-hmm. as a state um, and, uh, you know, this, this group, how it's, it's going to act with a totalitarian regime. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of them means that Ezek actually becomes uh, the new Astoska mm-hmm. uh, and other elements is that the, the thing is put down and stopped mm-hmm. and it all ends in different ways. The funny thing about it is that of the, um, the last few endings, if you put down Ezek or if you allow Ezek to, to take, o- take over, pardon me, um, it has more of a, a glorious music in the background. Oh, really? Yeah, so it doesn't have that, you know, that, that mm. entry music. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that. Mm. <laughs> so it doesn't have that. Uh, so I, I think that the, the good ending, quote-unquote good ending, actually can be for the state or against the state. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I found myself acting in a certain way where I wanted to 
go against what I assumed was this state's purpose. So the aesthetics of the game, of how it's set up, and having the line of people that are constantly there, and the pressure to deal with it all the time, um, I assumed that it was some sort of totalitarianism. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the way that I think it, it works. And, and this is why I think it actually works well with our story today mm-hmm. as well. Um, and I'm using that totalitarian, you know, uh, phrase, quote-unquote phrase, in the Hannah Arendt's um, engagement of totalitarianism, where she talks about how a state um, is not... Uh, so let's think about fascism, um, where you've got the Nazi regime, uh, fascism, and then uh, the Italian regime of fascism, both fascist states during World War Two. What happened and what was unique for the German state, Arendt argues, is that totalitarianism actually took over the thoughts and minds of the people who lived in that state. So th- this aspect of madness took over every person's mm-hmm. life and they, they had no reason to question anymore. I couldn't turn off that questioning for me when I was playing this this game. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm constantly there with the internal voice monologue trying to go, well, I want to try and force an end here um, you know, how can I actually do that? Mm. Um, so I couldn't act the part of the official. And I think to get to those later end, uh, those later um, endings, you still have to refuse entry for good people. Yeah, well, all the time, right? Yeah, yeah. Because they all have, like, a sob story to tell, and there's only a certain right. amount of fines you can take. Yeah, yeah. It was. I found that I get a lot of anxiety every time I got a citation as well, because it's mm. like a. It comes up as like a, um, like a fax coming through, like. Duh, 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 yeah. And every time I'd hear it, because you don't know straight away, so the person starts to walk, and then it'll come like with a. Duh, 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 and I got a bit like anxious, anxious with it, mm. and then with the music as well, and and the people talk with this weird like. And it kind of just the whole thing made me feel pretty uneasy, and then you have the the music which is both kind of uplifting and also really depressing at the same time yeah, yeah it's like yeah. both and, and i don't know I, I found it i don't know if i enjoy the game but i liked the experience and and one of the reasons one of the, the one person i let through when i knew i'd get the fine was um a woman who was a prostitute and her pimp <laughs> was going to was coming in the line next and she said please can you not let him through but he was fine so he had nothing wrong with his passport but i didn't let him through oh didn't you no Okay. Because I cop the fine. So that She's was the one the, that, is she the one that gives you the card for um, really early on? She might, but there's heaps that do that. They give you a card that says, like, um, <laughs> for good times, come visit Sandy or something later. Yeah. And then you just with the card on the on the board and you don't know what to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> you can't hand it back to anybody. You can't do it with anything. Yeah. yeah. And did you get the there. awards? There's also uh, an inspector that comes and tells you that you're doing really well and you can put the award up behind in the wall. <laughs> really? Like, yeah. Oh, I haven't seen that. That's, yeah. that's cool. That's because I was on the handicap, so I could get yeah, a bit right. further. Um, I just wanted to sit, play it a bit more. More. I didn't think I would be able yeah. to play it as long, but as I kept going, I think I got better at it. I'm going to try and play a bit more and mm. without the handicap, and see how far I can get. But mm. it's a really cool, cool game. I like the whole aesthetic and all these like fabled lands, and I don't know, it was really cool. Yeah, yeah, I like the um, element of how there with the fabled lands there is this tension that happens between people, mm. and you can see this tension between these different states and um, yeah. and the news reports that are coming through. Uh, it's quite, yeah. quite and it also makes a good nod to the bureaucracy of border patrols that it's always changing so that in the game you sort of at first all everyone just has to bring their passport and you're just not letting any foreign 
people mm. get in. And then the second time they have to bring in a ticket to get through as well as their passports. And then the ticket's no longer valid and then you have to get through with a visiting permit. And then it, it just keeps changing each day and, and you get the impression. So people come in with the day before and they'll be like, well, I brought the ticket. And you have to go, well, no, now it's like, uh, it's the whole permit you need this time. And I got the real impression that... Um, it was just showing how difficult it can be for trying to get into a country or something when mm. the loopholes just keep changing and you never know each day or it's not obviously it's exaggerated it's not yeah. like every day it changes but it, it is really complex complex the bureaucracy there and yeah. I thought that was really kind changing of changing cool. whilst you're actually in line like yeah, some people right. say like no, no this was fine I was, yeah, yeah exactly. I, I had this oh, I had and the then, ticket and then there's yeah. that poor guy so there's one guy that comes like six or seven times he feels sorry for him because he's always like really patriotic and he comes being like I bring you this and it'll be like this like hand and draw on passport and you have to be like no sorry and he comes back again he's like, now I have this now yeah, glory know. to us Tom <laughs> yeah. number one best country <laughs> this was really cute yeah yeah he was cool I so, like that so guy. do we want to rate it out of 10 out of 10 passports 10 out of 10 pa- yeah okay yeah yeah right. uh, well there's not much I can fault with the game I'm no. not very good at it but it's not, I don't think that that's a measure of, of it's great. <laughs> well, you're just not evil enough. <laughs> I'm not evil. No, I'm not. Um, I just can't do that. And, yeah, I, I think that I, I don't agree with, with um, Hex in this regard. I don't think it's boring. I think the monotony actually unlocks a lot of elements um, to it, and that's the whole point. As you yeah, said. I don't know how you can find it boring when I was just worried about all the different rules in my head, like yeah. just remembering it. Yeah, and it's stressful, like yeah, really flicking just, through the rules yeah. and, and then so going, hang on, oh, how many people okay, yeah. can, oh, yeah, because the, the, looking at the issue, do I look at the gender, do I look at yeah. the permit, do the dates match? And, yeah. that, and then the rule yeah. of the day, you might not, exactly. so these, these countries, um, citizens can't get through because yeah. they've got a rule that <laughs> yeah. day, um, which is completely arbitrary, but that's just what happens. Yeah, uh, yeah so, um, I, I think it's really good. Yeah, you should go first though. So oh, okay. I, I, did um, I I really liked it. I just found the the mechanism of like the table where you stamp sometimes a little bit difficult. So just in the terms of the red, there's like a b- button you press that measures d- d- discrepancies between two different things. You know how you can do uh, that? Yeah. I don't know what that's called. The well, radar, investigate. Or, investigate, and yeah. you can do certain things, but other things you can't. Like you know, so you can maybe click on a picture and compare it, but and it would work, and other times it wouldn't. I just mm. found like that mechanism a little bit difficult, but maybe with more practice, I would have got better at it so I think I'll give it I mean I haven't played I've got nothing to really compare it to but I'm gonna because I haven't played a game like this before but I'm gonna give it just because it, I think it's quite clever in the in the comments it's making about society and stuff mm. I'm gonna mm. give it 8 out of 10 okay uh, 8 out of 10 passports yeah I agree uh, 8 out of 10 is, is fitting um, I think uh, it is very good in that regard um the going back feature so once you've gone through a couple of days and you can then replay mm-hmm. from a certain date yeah. um that's there's, there's an issue there because you know your past decisions may not be how you make future decisions mm, so then you just go back to day one yeah right? that's yeah. right but it's there is a lot of branches there yeah um and it, it affects the overarching storyline so i don't really know there's there's no way to actually get around that but yeah um, um, that's the only thing I can really... Yeah, if you want to play it, I think it's on half price now in Steam. Yeah. For seven bucks. So something if you, like that. Something like yeah, that. Yeah. So if you want to play it, or you can just look at some t- tutorials or something online. Mm. I'm sure there's heaps there, but it is a fun game and it's cool. Is it independent? It um, is an independent uh, designer. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's cool. So, so support some an independent designer and yeah. Um, yeah, I think it was a good game. It is. Cool. It's good. All right, and so do you want to tell everyone what we're going to do next week? Sure. 
What are we going to do next week? Uh, well, we're going to read Axolotl by Julio Cortazar. Yeah, and it's very short. It's not as long as Shtetl Days. No, it is not as long. So I thought short story. I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's easy. Yeah, short story. Sure, Tara, I'll do it. And then like 33 pages. Like, yeah. Oh, this... I know that's a short story, but yeah, this is... This is, <laughs> this is more like an excerpt. That's a story. <laughs> it's very short. <laughs> it's like four it's paragraphs. It's still a story, yeah. So yeah. in the background, if people need to read more, they could also read... Iron Dow by Martin Buber, which is... Which is a much longer read. Yeah. yeah it's a few hundred pages. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be talking about a fair bit about philosophy next week. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> looking at the face of the other, that's going to be the, the overarching theme. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then also, um, Tara sent me a link of a guy which has done something very interesting. Yeah. What's so, his name? So his name's Terry A. Davis. I'm sure other people probably already heard about this because I think it ha- started happening a long time ago, but I think I saw it like a Reddit... Mm. making reference to it and when I watched Ben sent me a link to a documentary and we watched it as about on YouTube about this guy who creates and I, I'm not really up with the computer lingo and I don't fully understand what exactly it is but he's created this cool program basically to talk to God what's well, not a program I, I, OS so OS. He's, so an operating system is like um, Windows or um, you know the, the Mac equivalents of, of um, Mojo or whatever Um this is a full functioning operating system which acts as if it has a GUI, so it's a graphical user interface, mm-hmm. um, but it also has an element of programming in the front end of it. So it's. Yeah. And it's all 8 bit? Well, bit? it's. Small bit? <laughs> I don't know. It looks 8 bit. Yeah. But it requires a 64 bit processing oh, okay. system. It looks like someone just had paint. Open it and <laughs> it create does. all these weird graphics. It from does. It. <laughs> it looks. It looks very late eighties. Yeah. Um, so this is prior to Windows ninety five. It's prior even really to Windows three point yeah. one. Because what year was it that he started? Uh, he start. Well, this is the interesting thing. So he he did start it really really early on. Um, and you know initially released in two thousand and five though. So this is quite late for its yeah. development. But he was developing it for for a long time. Yeah. Um, its final release was um, twenty seventeen. Yeah. Uh, um, and yeah, it's called Temple OS. Yeah. So definitely, um, we're going to put a link to the video we watched. But he's a really interesting guy, and and the kind mm. of we talked a little bit about mental illness. I think was a major component to affected his life and I f- found that when I was watching the documentary I just felt really sorry for him and he was also sometimes a bit of an arsehole was quite racist yep. as well so yeah. <laughs> he's so, a problematic guy but I thought his idea was to talk to God and he creates little hymns and anyway we'll talk about it next week yeah no that's going to be good the other thing that I will link everyone to in the show notes is docu- is the um, short video that we watched the, oh yeah um, for um Papers, Please. Papers, Please. That was so yeah. cool. So it made it, a live action little video. Yeah, yeah. So it's also called Papers, Please, but uh, it's a very short video, um, yeah. um, independent made, uh, which is, is very cool. Uh, very stressed out guy at, on a border who looks <laughs> at a photo of his family and yeah. size. It's very well made. Very well it done. It is, yeah. yeah. It's quite cool. Uh, but yeah, uh, we'll link you to all of that. Uh, in the meantime, anything else? No. Uh, we're going to no. send the links of what we, or you've already see, can see the links of what we spoke to today, but we're going to no. also send links of what we're going to chat about next week. Yep. Uh, you should like our Facebook page. Yes. Yes. Which is? Uh, warped. <laughs> Warp, Warp Zone Podcast. <laughs> yeah. Podcast, So that's right. if you look up Warp Zone, it will find our Facebook page. There's also something called 
warp zone and not and to be confused with warp zone. Yeah, and there's also the warp zone. <laughs> All right. Uh, so there's lots of warp zone. But this is warped zone. So yeah. it's uh, someone has taken that username, which means oh. someone has personally, like as a Facebook person, has warped zone. So we, we have warped zone With podcast. an ED at the end. Yeah, warp, warped. <laughs> yeah, um, but we love getting the feedback. So mm. please, if you have anything, your comments about maybe you've played the game and you can tell us what you thought of um, Papers, Please, yes. or you want to give Shtetl Days a go and tell us what you think of it, uh, that'd be awesome. Um, if we're wrong about If we're wrong, anything, <laughs> if we offended you. <laughs> if we offended you. <laughs> uh, uh, send all yeah. your emails to Ben if, it, if you've got any complaints. <laughs> no, you, well, you can tweet us. So I'm on Twitter, uh, which is at Ben, B-E-N-N-A-S-I-K. Also on Twitter, recently. Recently, yes. at Tara Blue Moon. Tara Blue Moon is yep. on Twitter. She liked my tweet. She retweeted my tweet. I think so, yeah. Anyways, we won't, uh, I think we've done enough. We will chat to you guys next week. Okay. Bye. See you. Bye.